You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. It happened again, Nada. Yeah, it did. Crazy game against the Kings. 122 to 116. The Hornets able to pull it out after not leading at all through the entirety of the game. You know when they take the lead with a minute and 33 seconds left and Gordon Hayward slams it on De'Aaron Fox, taking it after the pass from Terry Rozier. I get excited. Yeah, I get to the edge of my couch because what I see happening is Gordon Hayward dribbling on the right side of the basket. He's closing in. And what I think is going to happen is I think De'Aaron Fox is going to commit to Gordon Hayward and then Hayward is going to float it up to the guy that is supposed to be dunking like that on that team in Miles Bridges. He was coming straight in the middle of the lane and I thought, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was absolutely the Jack Nicholson gif nodding his head in approval, (laughs) waiting for Miles Bridges to slam it on somebody's head or just have a nice alley to take the lead. But no, instead, it's Gordon Hayward who he decides to take it. And then you know how you can tell when the players they're going to launch and he starts to take that gather step. And I'm like, Oh God, he's going to do it himself. Oh no. Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> and then Eric Collins, he gives you the, Oh yeah. And we end up winning the game after that. Not after Terry Rozier was able to separate themselves, but he healed after the dunk. He goes and ties it after Gordon Hayward's free throw, but he healed ties it. Terry Rozier hits the three because that's what he does. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy clutch gene that Terry Rozier possesses this season and even the second half of last year. And the Hornets, they beat Sacramento again after not playing well giving up a ton of points uh, defensively. They were bad. And then uh, they show up at the end of this one, just nuts, not and it was uh, another couple of good moments to watch what has been a really fun team. That's winning lately. Look at this point, like I'm only here to discuss the dunk. I'm here to discuss that De'Aaron Fox decided I'm a block this white boy. And it ends up on the wrong side of a poster from Gordon Hayward. Yes, that Gordon Hayward that you would think would just run you in duck pin bowling over at Pins Mechanical in South End. That guy that looks like he would just run you in duck pin bowling just yammed all over De'Aaron Fox. And you know what? That was shameful. I felt bad. But at the same time, that was the turning point of the game because they did not look back after that. Oh, by the way, shout out to Buddy Heald, who took a really ill-advised three-point shot with about 40-something seconds to go down two. Thank you, Buddy, for that massive air ball with Caleb, I'm sorry, with Cody Martin on you, because Lord knows you weren't, again, you couldn't work to get another shot. It's not like you had 23 seconds left on the shot clock. Oh, wait, you did. That's right. Thank you. How much more does it hurt when somebody dunks on you and their hairstyle looks like that? You know... It's probably got to hurt because it was like there was like one or two hairs out of place. Maybe, maybe like you got to be like, 
damn, he yammed on me, and he still looks he's going to go but, do a sh- shoot for right. Charlotte Magazine or something. <laughs> right. That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, I, I want your hair to look crazy because at least you worked hard. At least you dug deep into something you didn't know you had, and then you were able to dunk on me, and at least you look uglier for it. But Gordon Hayward still has every hair in place for the most part, maybe a couple strands out of place here and there, and then he goes to the free throw line and knocks down a free throw to give him up by two, and there's De'Aaron Fox. And I saw your boy Nikias tweet this out, Nada. Yes. He wrong for that. Nikias is a star in the game. Nikias has grown and he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. And everybody loves him for for great reasons. But he wrong for that, Nada. You know he is. Gordon Hayward, he yammed on him. He did. I mean, that's just what it is. De'Aaron Fox got yammed on. No, here's the thing, though. And and for what we're talking about. Nikias has like a entire article, the entire piece based on this, where he has the degrees of people of poster dunks. And he's technically right that it's a poster. It's not really a poster dunk. But for this podcast sake, we're just going to ignore it. It's a poster dunk. <laughs> it's okay to admit that it's a poster dunk among us. And it doesn't matter what he says at this point because you know what? He'll come on. He'll listen. He'll give me hell about it later. And you know what? At the same time, I don't care. This The, the most important thing is that De'Aaron Fox got yammed on. And it's another lesson in life as to why, you again, the worst thing in life you can be is a tryhard. It's the worst thing in life because yeah, De'Aaron Fox trying to go defend that dunk is what you're Oh, saying. yeah. No, no, no. Don't try. Don't try. Have you ever got dunked on, Nada? No. You know why? Because I'm, I'm giving up the two <laughs> points. I am not one of those people that is too prideful, that has enough pride to defend the rim like that. Oh, no, no, no. If I'm... There was... Uh, again, Go you're ahead. not catching me baseline. Oh, no, I'm walking again. We're just going to get the next point. You just pray Mrs. Duncan and you snowbird. That's that's my that's my rule of thumb on this. There were there were two moments that I was very close to getting dunked on and it never happened. Oh, no. And they were both. There was one. It was once in high school. I was playing Davie County which is where the Martin twins play. Of course. And it was the, I think it was the AU team and the Martin twins. They were just young enough to where they weren't on the team, but everybody stayed afterwards and watched them do like these dunk contests before they'd go to NC state, mm-hmm. of course. And so it was Davy County and they had this one dude before him, before the Martin twins were on there and he was talking mad bleep to everybody. And what happened was he got an offensive rebound and not a, I was borderline directly under the basket. I mean, if you were to drop a ball from the, and go in between the basket, it would hit me on the head and he catches the offensive rebound and he is way too springy for me to jump in action at that point and try to defend. Please tell me you walk and away. what I do. I step right out of bounds. I made the right decision. I knew even then that this was not something that I was going to live the rest of my life with. So I stepped right out of bounds and decided, you know what? I am not going to be on a poster. I'm not going to be some tale that this kid tells a 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. I got this white boy back at Bunker Hill one time. Nope not going to happen. The other time was I was playing Mount Heritage, okay? Mm -hmm. And Mount Heritage is full of just a whole bunch of white dudes that ain't seen too many black dudes in their life. Uh And there's this one Grizzly Adams looking dude who dribbles it full court 
and I'm, my play is going to go low. And so I'm finally at the paint and I'm just going to try to go low and knock it away. I had no clue that this guy had any ups whatsoever. Mm -hmm. He starts to launch and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> I didn't know that that was something. Oh no. Oh no. So I start, I start to go low and then he rises up above the basketball is above my head at this point, And I sprint. I sprint right out of the picture, trying to get away as fast as I can. So those are the two moments that I almost got dunked on. Once was from a dude by David County and once was a Grizzly Adams Mount Heritage, whoever the guy, whoever that guy is. And they're actually good at basketball, by the way. But yeah, those are my two <laughs> moments where I almost got dunked on and I live to fight another day. Um, Walker, all right, I, those I, are my stories. Walker, yeah, I'm very, ahead. very proud of you because you know what? I know. Discretion is the better part of valor. Let, let's 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 go talk. <laughs> let's go to the break because again, at that point, we just need to reflect on the times we almost got got and we didn't. We were smart. We outthought the booby trap. So yeah, so. that's right. I was that wasn't going to happen to me, but it did happen to De'Aaron Fox. And I guess some other things happened that we should probably talk about and not make the podcast about ourselves. Real quickly, we should make it about Rock Auto at least a little bit. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. Why would you choose to spend thirty percent, fifty percent, or a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The dot-com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We'll take a quick break and come back with more analysis on the Hornet and Kings game last night on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That oh, it's bad. Lamello, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Bet Online AG is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the tournament starting up, the NHL, they're all in full swing. And they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on real quickly my brother got dunked on by grizzly adams dude one time <laughs> i think that's the biggest thing like that's the biggest thing that gets you it's the white boy with the full beard that goes you know almost down to your chest and he and then later of course you would find out that he played for the evansville purple aces okay yeah, so and he was actually one of their better players back in the day oh but my brother tried to challenge him on a fast break and it was one of the more gross dunk ons i've ever seen in my life i still hope that he's okay i call on him once a week just to check on him and make sure that he is doing just fine all right uh, Terry Rozier, he's crazy clutch nada yeah, it's is. getting it's already gotten to the point where it's ridiculous um, now it's almost expected. We've, we've gone, we've gotten to the point where, okay, Hey, this is a crazy fun thing that Terry Rozier has, has continued to do. 
And now we're borderline expecting it. It doesn't matter if he misses a lot of shots like he did against Minnesota. He's going to have the third quarter where he explodes. Uh, I think it was the Sacramento Kings game the first time around where he hit a big three, if I'm not mistaken. I, I forget what game that was um, where he went, you know, over basically, or maybe just like two of nine, something like that. But the only three he hit was late in the game to make sure the Hornets had a chance to win it. And he does it once again, oh. but he healed, he ties it up. And then Terry Rozier hits a three. It, it's getting pretty ridiculous what Terry is doing for this. No, ter- what Terry is doing is basically just rewriting his narrative as a because before he came here he was a malcontent from Boston that showed up in sometimes big games and other times didn't show up and now we're finding out that he was probably misused in Boston oh well it's not like they have some all-time great coach that some writers would say they'd take over a franchise superstar. Oh, wait, I forgot. Brad Stevens coaches up there. Um, who's, who's the guy that said that? Was it Goodman? It, no, I think it was or, Chris Mannix. I think it was Chris. Is that right? I think it was yeah. Chris Mannix. I mean, that was that was always ridiculous. Well, and, and you tweeted this out. Nana, we've had this discussion before, though. And I'll say this. I think Brad Stevens is a really good coach. I do. I also, th- and with Terry Rozier coming here to the Hornets, here's what I think happened. I think that James Borrego... His hand was forced when Devontae Graham showed up out of nowhere at the beginning of the season and started going crazy. And at that point, it made all the sense in the world for Devontae to start and go to the backcourt because what Terry Rozier was doing at first, it was supposed to be his team. Hell, he signed a contract, one, because of the money, but also based on the motion that he was going to have his own team to carry. And things happened where you signed Gordon Hayward at the end, but the first domino to fall in that regard was Devontae Graham showing up the first 10 games and being a starting caliber point guard for this team at the time. And so I think Borrego's hand was forced. And now granted you ride it great for JB. I'm not taking that away from him, but I also think the hand was forced in a way that it wasn't with Boston because they just had more talent to go. with. Well, here's the thing. I, I partially agree with you. I partially, and I say this part, like I do believe though that in a two guard role, because the big thing was Terry was that Terry was that Lou Williams role for them. But at the same time, like, you, he still was kind of miscast, and he wasn't given an opportunity. Now, how much of that is Kyrie or something else like that? Okay, but at the same time, after a while, like we have to kind of give this credit to JB, and granted, Devontae played a role in that, but at the same time, this, we, we, this Terry Rozier has never been seen in Boston. Never, not the clutch stats, not the shooting stats, all career highs. Now, granted, would Brad Stevens have possibly figured it out? Maybe, but at the same time, this ain't locked on. This ain't locked on Celtics. This is locked on Hornets. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to James Borrego. Corrales can go give the benefit of the doubt to Brad Stevens, this, that, and the third, if he wants on his own podcast. But at this point, at this point, the great. Terry Rozier has blossomed in Charlotte where he would not have under the golden boy coach. And you know what? We're going to take that. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to quote a line from The Wire, even though you've never seen it. We are going to fight on this. It may be a lie, but we have to fight on that lie. We have to. I'm going to (laughs) slim Charles. I'm fighting on a lie, even if it may be a lie. And I'm not even sure it's a lie. That's how good I've deceived myself right now, Walker. 
Nice job. You have deceived yourself. How about this, though? Not a, it, this was a bad defensive it effort was. from the Hornets. In the fourth quarter, Sacramento, they only scored 20. But overall, it was a pretty bad defensive effort. And yet, I remember good plays defensively from guys that haven't contributed a ton lately for the Hornets. How about Cody Martin? I thought did good, uh, did a good job defending De'Aaron Fox on one play ISO where the shot clock was winding down and he stuck with them. And that was a hard guy to stick with. And it, it, it's fun to watch De'Aaron Fox, by the way. I know we just clowned him in the first segment, but that dude's awesome. awesome yeah. And, uh, and to watch him be a blur from one end of the court to the other. And then how about Bismack Biombo coming up with a couple of different plays? Look, it, it's not enough for me to warrant uh, playing him. I, there are too many times not aware he's going to get embarrassed. He got, I mean, flat out embarrassed again last night by Rashawn Holmes. Yes, he did. <laughs> it, ha- yes, he did. it happens too much. But we did see Devonte pass it to Bismack in transition. Bismack puts it on the deck and then slams it home. What? Okay. And then he obviously has the huge block at the end where I think it actually maybe got blocked by the backboard, but still biz was closing in and doing a good job of at least contesting that layup attempt by deer and Fox. So a couple of big moments from biz last night. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, it, the, the biggest thing I have an issue with biz, unfortunately at this point is that he, like, P.J. has made him still necessary. You know what I mean? Like, the play of P.J. on the defensive end has still made it necessary. The defensive play as a whole has made Biz a, a quote-unquote necessary evil. And granted, he has his moments like he did last night where he shows up and he doesn't kill you on offense. But at the same time, he's still a net negative. And <laughs> defensively, it's getting worse. So, like... There were points in time where I would just wish that Mitch would be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to call the guys over at Sacramento and let's see if we can get an in-game swap of Rashawn Holmes for Bismack Biombo and maybe a Martin Twitter. Your boy showed out for you last night, Nada. Look, I, I, Rash- I'm tired Holmes. of being right yeah. about that guy. I'm tired of being right about that. <laughs> no, you're not. You love Big Of course right I am. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> fake humility here, Walker. Come on now. But I'm tired of being right uh, about that dude. He he was he was good, man. Uh, check out the Rashawn Holmes stat line. This is your boy, Nada. He showed up for you, knowing that he was in your town. Seventeen points. He had fifteen rebounds. He had four blocks, and that would be just fine enough. But he also dished out six assists. I mean, I want Rashawn what Holmes a good so game for. I want, I, I want him on this team so bad right now. Yeah, what's God, I I, I've you know, you've always you've had his name kind of pop up ever since the The first February contest. And it made sense. Yeah, it it definitely made sense. But it is hilarious to see him show up the way that he did in your hometown. Not after you have been kind of caping for him. I I don't know how you would get that to happen. And I the Kings can't be, you know, I'm sorry. I was just about to say the Kings can't be so stupid that they would just give him away for free. But let's hope it's let's hope stop that. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, please. we can. We we can certainly hope. All right, we've got another Built Bar matchup for you guys today, a part of Built Bar Madness. It was Mint Brownie taking home the title in the matchup between Mint Brownie and Toffee Almond. So, Nada, I know you were in a weird way going for the underdog, but Mint Brownie, they move on to the enticing eight. Now we have another battle in the sweetest 16 to see who gets to the enticing eight. Peanut butter is matched up with Coconut Puff. Now, this is not Coconut Brownie Chunk, the number one overall seed in our hearts. 
it's peanut butter and coconut puff. Not as this is a tough one for you to try to decide. No, coconut puff is, a, look, if you guys are voting for anything other than coconut puff in this matchup, please do not follow me. I will block you. Please. Peanut butter? Peanut butter's got to be a strong take for a lot of people, right? Like that's, peanut butter is, had is both. a lot of people the love that. The coconut puff is only second to the coconut brownie chunk. That That's it. Like literally, it's those two and everybody else. It is weird because I don't even love coconut like that. And yet Bilt Bar has found the recipe of what makes coconut so delicious. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I, I, I would never have thought I would take coconut puff over peanut butter, but you are right. You don't have to block me. You can continue to see my tweets on your timeline. I'm going to go coconut puff as well. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Go to builtbar.com or on Twitter. You can find them at built underscore bar. And remember, use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup between coconut puff and peanut butter and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We got one more segment to go uh, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless like I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Increasing your basketball IQ starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you the most in-depth scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. You can subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcast. A couple of leftover, uh, leftover takes analysis here in the Hornets and Kings game last night. I, I was uh, on the chat for the James Borrego postgame interview nada and I there were a couple things that he said that were interesting mm -hmm. Rick Bennell asked if James Borrego leans on Cody Martin Bismack Biombo, and Miles Bridges defensively when he doesn't feel like they're doing enough on that end of the floor and Borrego said yeah that's what they're supposed to do he's right it's it's th it's those three guys that you lean on now you know okay yeah I don't think Biz is good enough defensively to warrant that but fair enough. I think Cody has shown abilities in that regard. I think still, you know, you have some problems here and there, but I, and same thing with miles. Um, it, one, I, it, I don't want to take away miles bridges and Cody Martin for bringing it on that end of the floor. I will say that if those are the guys that you go to for a defensive identity, it does speak very loudly to the problem that you have on that end of the floor with this roster. But I did find it interesting. And real quickly, the other defensive nugget that he shared was that the Hornets are actually number one in the NBA and defending the pick and roll. I have to imagine you've got some mobility really everywhere you look with this Hornets team. You don't have any plotters anywhere that you're having to rely a ton of minutes on. So, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting that Borrego shared that point. Well, as well. I think that was the idea behind Cody Martin. And with Devontae being back, I would kind of also highlight that you kind of need a Martin twin out there. You can live with a Martin twin out there, especially if you're going to go small with a Devontae Malik 
PJ, Miles. You can throw a Martin twin out there because you're going to need some nasty. You're going to need someone that can provide at least a little bit of resistance out, out on the perimeter. And unfortunately, as much as Malik has improved on the defensive end, he doesn't provide that kind of resistance. This roster is very, very misshapen and is full of one-way guys. Unfortunately, that one way is offense. It's entertaining, but at some point you're going to need defensive stops because the teams that will that teams that can hurt you, teams that you're going to be playing in the next three games, the Lakers, Denver, and the Clippers, will hurt you and they will make sure that you're buried and you don't come back. So I, I do worry that those those three guys aren't going to be good enough, especially if they're not going to be putting up offensive numbers, especially the the Martin and the Miles thing. Biz, like it's I, I don't want to say lost cause, but you're you don't expect anything from from him on the offensive level if you're going to rely on, on him for defense. My only other thing is, at some point, like I keep I want Rashawn Holmes. They need another wing defender. They need a wing defender, and I know 3 and D is probably the hardest guy to come by right now in this league. They need somebody that can score and defend because <laughs> right now there are too many guys that only go one way, and it's 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 going to be fine now, but when next year comes and those expectations arrive, I don't think you can survive like this. Um, Devontae Graham hit four of his eight three-pointers in the third quarter. He really got it going. He went four of 10 overall from the field and uh, also had four assists. Another thing that I noticed in the box score, check this out. You had six guys who had four assists or more in this game for the Hornets. P.J. Washington had five. Gordon Hayward had four. Cody Zeller had six. LaMelo Ball had four. Devontae Graham had four. And Malik had four. I'd like to go this season and see of all of the teams that have had four six guys have four or more assists. I bet it would be pretty low. It's a pretty interesting number to me. And then speaking of Cody Zeller, um, I think it was James Herbert who asked this yesterday about if, if uh, he asked James Borrego, if he thought Cody Zeller has improved a lot as a passer, that one down low, um, God, I forget who caught it. Was it miles? I I forget who caught it. Um, but whoo, man, that was a hell of a pass and it was LaMelo like kind of right by him. And I thought it might've been LaMelo who made that pass. And then, uh, you go back and watch and it was Cody, but yeah, I, I think Cody's done a really good job and he's always been a decent playmaker, but he's, he's really shown his passing ability a little bit more, um, at the top of the key, being able to create some stuff. Like, like that. that's the big thing is this team, like, I don't want to say like, this is the LaMelo ball effect, but at the same time. This is a product of having LaMelo ball on your roster. Like you're seeing guys attempt more passes. Like there's a different energy to the offense when the ball moves rather than when it gets stagnant. And then you get, unless it's a Terry Iso. And I mean a Terry Iso in the fourth as well. Like at some point, like this team figured out that as long as we're not caught stagnant, we can move around. We can do a different amount of things. Like, we score, and we score relatively easy. That's a nice little chess piece to have every now and again, especially when you're doing it seven, eight, nine deep, because that's just a philosophy that's just taken hold, and it opens up so many more things. And it's why they've gotten so much better at shooting the outside shot, because they're getting a whole lot more outside shots off of ball movement. 
Um, I'm starting to feel really good about where PJ Washington is. I guess it wasn't the greatest game against Toronto, but you know, even last night, four of six from the field, but it just seems more automatic when he's posting up and he hit a couple more threes. He's shooting 47% in the last five games that they played from distance. So really like what we're getting from PJ. He's fouled a lot. The last two games, six against Toronto and five against Sacramento. So cut back on the fouling so you're you don't have to worry about the uh, playing time going forward but like what we've gotten from pj so far out of the all-star break and the other thing i wanted to mention uh just looking at lamello stats yeah we got to talk about lamello ball 16 points zero turnovers in this game i mentioned the four assist he went seven of 15 from the field even if he didn't make any threes uh yesterday nada and it was really lamello showing up late terry's clutch Devonte, <clears throat> excuse me, has been clutch, but also Lamelo has really showed up in big moments when this team is needed. Yeah, no, Lamelo showed up in great because that first half, that's that fourth quarter, was Lamelo putting him on his back and put and having eight straight points and creating buckets and going to the foul line. The one thing I do worry about is they're kind of playing him. They're, they're basically saying we're going to chase you off the line. We're not, or, or if you're going to be taking shots like that, we're not going to make sure that your feet are set when you shoot these, when, when, whenever you shoot the three. So what they're doing is they're chasing them off the line, and then they're just whacking them and daring the daring the refs to call it. And nine times out of ten, they're not going to call it because he's a rookie. At the same time, so I do work. I do wonder what the next evolution of what Lamelo is going to do to counter. Like the floater is one of those counters. I wonder what else there's going to be. Is it going to be necessarily a, a mid-ranger that he adds next season to his game or something else? Because when they chase him off the line, they're starting to realize that unless he's passing it, he's not going to be that much of a threat just yet because the refs aren't calling anything. All right, that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. RockAuto.com as well. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, at Walker Mail, at Not at Lockdown Hornets. We need mailbag questions. That will be our mailbag episode tomorrow. We've been doing that. I think it'll be one month's time, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, tomorrow. So we keep going strong. You guys continue to ask fun questions. You guys continue to ask smart questions. Again, send them in at our Twitter handles, and uh, we will make sure we include that in the episode. And if we don't, we've got some in the vault that we need to get to. So don't get discouraged if we don't use your question. It doesn't mean that we didn't like it. it. just means that we haven't gotten to it yet. So again, keep sending those things in. Again, have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>